Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. My name is Neil McCready. I will be your host today on the program. Zach Barry uh, from Red Cup Rebellion and RebelGrove.com will join us momentarily. We asked for... Well, I got Zach to ask for some questions from rebelgrove.com subscribers, and uh, so we'll answer those. Probably keep fairly short today. We're taping this on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. If you're out traveling, be safe so that next week when we join you again, you'll still be with us. That's the goal. Uh, before we get started on the show, let me tell you that we're brought to you by Dead Soxy, and Dead Soxy is running a BOGO this week. Use the code RG19 to redeem. Here's the deal. You have to put both items in your cart before checkout. So you're ordering two bundles of socks. Put each bundle in, and then when you enter the code RG19, one of those bundles of socks becomes free, which is really cool. So all you have to do is, let's say you want six bundles of socks, and you want to pay for three, and you want to get three free. You can do that also, but you got to do three separate transactions. So you put one in, get one free. Put one in, get one free, et cetera, et cetera. That's the catch. That's no big deal. You can use an unlimited number of times RG19, but don't put 12 bundles in expecting to get six for free on one transaction. It won't work that way. You'll get one for free, and it'll ask you to pay for 11, and when you throw a fit, you'll remember, oh, yeah, Neil said. So save yourself that trouble. Do it one at a time. Uh, put both items in the cart. One will be free when you enter promo code RG19. So uh, load up your sock wardrobe for the year with this incredible offer from Dead Soxy as we get ready for the Christmas season. I'm coming to you from Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Uh, you get a quote. You can use it as a baseline shopping your forward or you can do what I've done and what I think you should do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the product. You will love the service after the sale. The people at Clark Ford take great care of you. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. And he will start proving that to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Neil, I'm doing great. Uh, first thing, uh, before I forget, I'm going to do a little cross-promoting here. Uh, I did a podcast with Greg from LB's Meat Market, um, as you know, and yes. he gave me this fantastic idea. I'm not going to do it this year. Um, I typically let my mother-in-law handle all the cooking and my father-in-law, um, but I am very intrigued to try this recipe that he gave me. Have you ever heard of cooking a trash can turkey he has told me this before i have heard this story 
I don't remember it. Please share it. So essentially, he sent me the the YouTube link. So essentially, you put the bird on a spick, almost kind of like um, you know, like a halal card that you see like in the in the city, and you put. Uh, aluminum foil underneath at the base to catch all the drippings and then you basically make like a pallet of aluminum foil under it as well then um you put the trash can on top of that pallet of aluminum foil and then you spread coals around the trash can and so you essentially add you know apply a lot of fluid to the coals let it soak for 10 minutes or so Throw a match down, and then with the coals that surround the trash can burning, it just smokes the turkey inside of it. And I watched a couple of the videos, and I mean, it looks phenomenal. It seems very dangerous, but <laughs> but but also, I want to try it. <laughs> I think the key to something like that is to make sure you do it in a place where if it gets out of control, you can you can limit the residual damage right yeah i have a large parking pad in the car driveway goes around to the backyard i would definitely do it out there greg also wanted me to or he told me and i want to make sure to tell you to don't, don't forget to use gloves when taking the trash can off oh, because yeah. he said you'll very quickly realize that uh, it's very hot so yeah you know, I, I, he advertises on some of our podcasts. I'll give him a shout-out right here. It is the best place to go in all of Oxford for your freshest cuts. It's uh, right across from Kroger, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. His number is 662-259-2999. They've got uh, phenomenal sausage selection. It's one of the first things I think about. They also have uh, great uh, of chickens that are pre-quartered pre-halved uh he's got them marinated or you can get them plain where you can season them yourself uh, a phenomenal beef selection pork uh he does this double bone pork chop for me i'm a pork chop guy i love pork chops i only can have them occasionally but they're my favorite one of my favorite things and uh he'll cut them right there for me uh carson that's carson's favorite place to get a filet they've got seafood from the gulf greg's good people is what he is a great dude and um if you're coming to oxford if you live around oxford do us a favor and support him. Tell Greg that you heard about him. Uh, you can mention the soft verbal. You can mention the beer garden. You can mention Red Cup Rebellion. Whatever. Just let Greg know that, hey, pod- podcast advertising works. He knows it. He's He does it for a reason. But it's always good to get a little, uh, I don't know what the word is, validation. And uh, Greg will give you great products. If you mention you hear about him on the beer garden, he'll throw uh, he'll throw a little something extra in your sack. So that's worth it, too. My favorite yeah. the, the chicken jalapeno sausage. Yeah, I was gonna every every single thing of sauces that he does is great. Um, I love the the jalapeno poppers. Um, anything he does with some duck is really good. Yeah. I always I always want to make sure that I mention for those of you that don't know the plate lunch there is 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 the plug. Like that is the thing. Like I I say on our podcast, you know, a lot of times around Oxford it's hard to get into a place for lunch because you know your 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 typical favorites in town are super busy. You know, Ajax. Uh, Volta, all those types of places, Handy Andy's, um, and that plate lunch, it's it's $9, and man, you get so much food, but yeah, unintentional ad read here for, for our boy Greg, but yeah, can't can't recommend it enough. 
Yeah, there are about we're, we're going to get to football recruiting, I promise. But it is Thanksgiving, and and it, it, you do think about food. And, and yes, there are at least ten sausages that I really, really like. Really, really, really like the ribeye sausage. The spicy ribeye sausage with the cheese in it is phenomenal. But man, my 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 comfort go to sausage where I if I have it and I'm about to cook it and I'm excited is is every single time it's the chicken jalapeno. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite thing, and I'm glad that it's not everybody else's favorite because then it would be gone. Love it. So good. Oh yeah, I got yeah. If I get next time I get to Oxford, it's it's a must to stop there first. Yeah. All right, let's talk some uh, recruiting. People are are getting antsy. The regular season ends tomorrow night. Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, the Egg Bowl in Starkville this year, 6.30. You see it on ESPN. Uh, Mississippi State can clinch a bowl bid. Ole Miss would need a win and then a good bit of help from around the country to get an APR bowl game. It doesn't look likely, even with a win. So let's just assume that recruiting starts full scale, 1,000%, probably Sunday into Monday. I anticipate... Uh, this entire staff is going to be back next season in mass. That's my expectation. I don't anticipate many changes. And um, recruiting this this cycle is going to be critical. They've set themselves up to have a really good class, but they've got to close strong. And I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and I think Zach will either correct me and say, no, that's not what I'm hearing, or he'll say, yeah, I'm kind of hearing the same thing. Some of the early buzz for the signing period is not particularly pro Ole Miss, and they've got to try to get that reversed. Yeah, it was really this week things kind of shifted in the wrong direction for uh, J.J. Pegues and more so Amari Thomas. I personally think, and you can correct me because you're, you're there in Oxford, I think the Pegues thing is going to go back and forth until it's till the ink's dry. He's, I think he's torn. I think he likes Auburn and he likes Ole Miss, but Amari Thomas, things really moved in the direction of Tennessee this week. Yeah, I've talked to people who are at Briarcrest who say right now it's Tennessee that it's really shifted, mm-hmm. um, maybe to the point that Ole Miss should worry a little bit about Jabari Small as well. I don't know that to be true. But you hear that, and not a lot of people, we hear things, and and I'm not. So here's the deal going forward as we get into the crunch of recruiting season. I am not going to pump sunshine, and I'm not going to intentionally go negative. I'm I'm going to try to stay in the middle, tell you what I hear, tell you how much validity I put on it. Um, I think Zach will do the same. It's what I will do. And if Zach goes crazy, I'll I'll, uh, I'll send a hitman out to get him. But we'll, we'll, so we're going to try to do is, Tell you what we hear, and then tell you how valid we think that is. I agree with you about Pegues. It goes back and forth. Obviously, I know kids at Oxford. Um, JJ is between my two girls, so I know kids a year older than him. I know kids his age, and I know kids a year younger than him. And they say different things, and who knows? They don't know. He's not walking around the school telling people, but I will say this with kids. They're going to tell their peers before they tell reporters. They're going to tell their peers before they tell outside people. They There's a safety, and there should be when you're a high school student. There's a certain safety in in school, if you will, when you talk to your teammates or classmates or uh, the kid that you have lunch with. 
when they say, hey, which one are you looking at the most? You might get that might be the place to get the truthful answer. It swings back and forth. Auburn, Ole Miss. Occasionally you hear Alabama, but not much. Right now, it feels like the pendulum or the scale tilts just a little bit towards Auburn. And I don't know why that is. Um, I think it's going to go back and forth. He's got a difficult decision to make. There will be a lot of elements to that decision. I, I do think that the recruiting process has uh, gotten to him some in a way that uh, has him, you know, thinking of, of grand things and, and in his eyes a little bit. Uh, those That grandeur is leaving town and going to a bigger place, a bigger school and all of that stuff. And I, I think Auburn's done a good job on him. But I don't think it's anywhere close to over. And I'm going to repeat something I said on the message board. In the event that Ole Miss does not get J.J. Pegues, and again, I think it's right now I'd say 51-49 Auburn. It's that close. But in the event that they don't, this whole they didn't recruit him stuff, no, come on. No one – it's physically impossible for a school to recruit a kid more than Ole Miss has recruited J.J. Pegues over the last three years. It's not – it's literally not possible for Auburn to recruit him as hard as Ole Miss has. That doesn't mean they'll, they're going to get him. There's a lot more to it than that. But this won't be because of a lack of effort or a lack of focus or a lack of uh, of concentration. They've they've turned every every stone – in their recruitment of J.J. Pekis. I can say that with absolute authority. I think also something to factor in here, his high school football season is still going on. Oxford uh, defeated South Panola last week. They play Star Bowl in the Mini Egg Bowl in the North Half uh, title game on Friday. So I, I don't know. I think kids, obviously kids are all different, you know, regardless. But... Whether or not his season continues after this week or it ends, um, it could be one of those things where he's been waiting. He, he's been pretty consistent in saying that he's waiting until after his season. Um, he's saying he wants to focus on his senior year, um, and, and good for him. Should do that. Uh, you know, who knows, man? He might abruptly decide that he wants to commit next week if his season ends, or if it continues, he might say, "Hey, I'm going to put this off until uh, my high school." You know, season is over, whether that's as a state champion or as a runner-up. And he might decide, you know, just to keep pushing it back. So that's another factor here. For me, though, another interesting, I guess, caveat factor, um, something to consider here is that his two finalists neither have a particularly large presence at tight end in their offense, um, which Ole Miss has – here and there tried to really do something with Octavius Cooley. I've, I've been pretty adamant about saying they need to use him more. Um, but Auburn really doesn't do anything. They they use more of an H-back. They, they don't really have a actual tight end. So uh, that's interesting to me as his two finalists are two teams that really don't feature a tight end. Yeah, and I've watched him play, you know, as I said, I've been to some Chargers games. There have been times that I've been really impressed with him. I've never watched him and thought, this guy's a sure thing tight end. I don't know where he plays 
he's certainly athletic and big enough to play at the college level, and I think he's going to have a good college career. I just don't know where that is on the field. And maybe it is tight end. But he doesn't play tight end now, and so it's impossible to know what kind of a tight end he's going to be. He's not fast enough to be a, a receiver. I don't think he's fast enough to be in the slot. He's a tight end, but I don't know whether he ends up staying. I just don't know. He's he's a guy that if, I think there's a ceiling. There's a high ceiling. I also think I also think there's a deep floor. I don't know. If he doesn't fit at tight end, is he a defensive lineman? Is he an offensive lineman? What is he? I, I don't know. The athleticism makes things interesting because he, he, he does possess some ball skills. It's not just one of those, well, Oxford just kind of throws him out there because he's bigger than everybody. I mean, no. he's, he's a pretty pretty athletic kid. So yeah, he's, he's made some catches in the open field that are, uh, that are good. Oxford has a, a quarterback, John Mayer, who is going to – I think it's Navy, maybe it's Army. I hope they don't hold that against me. Um, I can't remember, but he's more of a running. They're pretty, they're pretty much the same, right? Yeah, he's a great kid. He's going to one of those. His brother play. I want to say it's Navy, going to Annapolis. His his brother played there before. He's going to play there, and and he's a really athletic kid who makes plays at quarterback. But he's not a particularly good passer, and I don't mean that as a criticism of him at all. He just is what it is. And so they don't have a prolific passing game. Uh, Chris Cutcliffe is the coach at Oxford. David Son does a tremendous job uh, with the talent that he has. But, you know, their offense is pretty run-oriented, like most offenses. And, and some, their passing game is kind of clunky because they don't really have anybody to throw it. And so it's hard to judge exactly what type of a pass receiver Pegues is going to be based on what you see on the high school field. So, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to how he fits into the college, I guess, at the college level, I should say, because he's he is an athletic guy, but he's also two seventy five. So he uh, he could play a variety of positions. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's get into the questions. Um, let's see. Got to find them. I gotten away from them for a minute, which is great podcast. I realize this is what happens when you uh, when you get a professional journalist running a podcast. I'm kidding. I'm making fun of myself. All right. Here we go, uh, Zach. You said, this is Sodak Reb, South Dakota Reb 45. You said you'll hit my questions that I had yesterday, so I'll leave it at those. Plus, now my computer decides to automatically adapt. Uh, plus, any flips that you see happening before signing day for Ole Miss. Okay, so I went back, found these for Sodak, and uh, hope he appreciates it. Working hard here for him. Uh, so... The other day, he started a thread and asked um, for you and I to kind of look at these targets that he has listed and essentially give our take on who we think almost has a decent shot of landing. So not asking for a percentage or anything like that, just running down the list here and seeing what we think. So, so, first, no, no, so I need to break out the sound effect machine and do like a, <laughs> a, a flame yeah. sound. Three flame right. sounds is okay. Got, got it. Right. How many how many hip hop air horns for, for each one? <laughs> All right, so okay. got it. Yeah. So first one, Josiah Hayes. We've been pretty adamant about this one. I'll be stunned if he doesn't sign with Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh next one, McKinley Jackson. Um 
if you made me predict today, I would predict Ole Miss. I would not predict it with anywhere near the the, the uh, confidence that I just predicted Josiah Hayes. Uh, I, I, I worry if I were Ole Miss about LSU. I worry about Alabama. Um, I just kind of worry in general. He's a really good player. Everybody wants him. But it, there's been a consistency throughout the network from people who have talked to him that they think it's Ole Miss. I'll say this, and and look, I it's it's the holiday season, and you said already we're not gonna we're not gonna beat around the bush with recruiting, and I have I've been pretty adamant about not beating around the bush about how I feel about Matt Luke, but I can eat some crow here, and those of you that are wanting Matt Luke gone can eat some crow as well. I have been told by several sources that McKinley Jackson is extremely high on Ole Miss because of Matt Luke. I've heard the same thing. Now, I'll go one further here. I'm not one to put down a lot of mandates. If Ole Miss doesn't get J.J. Pegues, I'll go, yeah, I mean, I get it. They did all they could do. To me, Jackson is as must-get a recruit from a perception standpoint as I've seen in a long time. Yeah. He's so vital for this class, just impact optics-wise, but also you lose Benito Jones, you lose Josiah Coatney, you lose Austrian Robinson. Like, There's so many guys in the middle that are leaving, and he is a plug-and-play, literally and figuratively. He would play next season. He would absolutely play next season. That's my thing about Pagese, and I'm not saying Pagese won't plug-and-play, because hell, he might. Mm -hmm. But if you told me that Pagese got to college and the tight end thing just was kind of clunky, to use that word again, and -hmm. that they had to turn him into a defensive lineman, I'd buy it. I'm not saying that'll happen, but I'm saying I could see a scenario where that happens. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't, no, I agree. I don't see that with, with Jackson. He's, he's stepping in and playing at the college level. Yeah, he's, he's uh, really close with Matt Luke. Matt Luke's recruited him for about four years now, and then another Coast guy, Jacob Peeler, um, has been helping with this uh, recruitment. And then, of course, Freddie Roach is position coach. But um, – He's super tight with Matt Luke. He is, you know, it's cliche, whatever, but this is what I've been told. He loves the atmosphere of the coaching staff, the family style that they have. And um, I'm with you. I'd say that he is Ole Miss's to lose right now, but you've got the heavy hitters, the Blue Bloods. You've got LSU. You've got Alabama. And I think A&M is going to linger until signing day. Um, All right, next one. Keyshawn Lawrence. I think this one's faded a lot. Yeah, I think this is a, a at this point you would have to call this a real long shot. Like if this were a basketball, mm-hmm. if this were a basketball analogy, the shot's not a half court shot, but it's pretty close. Blake Henson yeah, says no big deal, but but it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like getting a steal and going coast to coast and beating the clock in Cameron Indoor Stadium type 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 here. Well, that never happens. Oh, you know. Not there. Not 150 in a row. Um, all right. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a long shot. I think he's going to go to Tennessee. I do, too. Uh, all right, next, uh, John Marion Latham. I think Ole Miss has still got a good shot here. I think they're positioning themselves to where if Alabama cuts ties, uh, he'll be a nice, cushy landing spot in Oxford. Agree 100%. Okay. Uh, all right, next one, Bud Clark. I'm I haven't heard his name in a while. He's been committed to Virginia for a long time. From Louisiana, I know Calvin McGee has been working him. 
I haven't heard his name enough to really have a read. I would say no. I'd say he'd either stick with Virginia or go somewhere else. I heard his name for the first time in Ole Miss circles about a week ago. Okay. I think it's I think it's long shotty, but I think it's out there. I think it, it's possible. I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. Okay. All right, next uh, couple names uh, before we move on to the next question. Avante Williams, um, I still think it's a long shot, but he did schedule an official visit for January. So as I've said all along, it's it's not going to happen unless you get him on campus. If he shows, I, I think, sure, there's a shot. You know, So you're saying there's a chance. Insert that gif here. Uh, Charles Clark has been working him for almost two years. If he shows... Maybe, but I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, I know this is not compelling pod, but if we both agree the same thing, there's no sense in stretching it out for, for the sake of just <laughs> eating time. Right. We're not getting paid by the minute here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, last one, Reggie Grimes. I, there's been a lot of smoke this week about uh, a team not named South Carolina that's just all of a sudden come out of nowhere. Alabama? It is Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yes. Interesting. Um, I've not heard that. Yeah, I believe he did take an official there. Um, it was during the season. I thought it was all South Carolina once Ray Tanner and the administration there came out in support of Coach Boone. Uh, I know that they were his front runner, leader, whatever you want to call it, for a long time, and I know he really likes them. Uh, all of a sudden, Oklahoma has kind of started to uh, muddy the waters a bit. Here's the problem with programs like South Carolina, and if we're going to be honest, Ole Miss is in this boat right now. When the program feels like it's on the precipice of a critical season where if it goes badly, and if next season goes badly at South Carolina, it's over for Muschamp. If next season goes badly at Ole Miss, it's over for Luke. It just is. And when... When those things happen, that starts getting used against kids, not against the programs with the kids in recruiting. Mm-hmm. When, you know, the kid, a program knows, for example, let's use, let's use Grimes in South Carolina. They know that, hey, he likes South Carolina because he likes Will Muschamp, and he's built relationships with that staff. And he's, you know, talking to the coaching staff at Tennessee or Oklahoma or whatever, and, and you know, and maybe they're talking to the parents and they're just being careful about it because negative recruiting, if you get super negative, can hurt you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and well, where else are you looking? They already know the answer. They're trying to get to the conversation. And the kid, you know, the mama says, well, you know, we really like South Carolina. And it's when a coach will say something along the lines of what well, we do, too. I like Coach Muschamp. He's a he's a great guy, you know. Uh, I've known him forever. I, 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 we coached together at Blank Blank, Blank and all that stuff because it's a, it's a fraternity. He says, I just uh, I hope I hope they give him enough time there. It sounds like they're kind of running out of patience. Plant mm-hmm. the seed. Plant the seed where when it's over, sure said some nice things about Coach Muschamp, but, you know, is that right? You know, are they – and then here come the news clips and you read it and you think, well, you know, we're going to send our – we're going to send our son over to Columbia and a year from now or less there's going to be a new coaching staff in there. You know, we like this staff just as much and this one's stable. That's that's where the whole – if you've got to give them a, a vote of confidence publicly, maybe it's mm-hmm. already over school of thought kicks in. Right. 
Yeah, the old uh, man. I sure hope they can uh, they can get it turned around over there. He well, it's the he's such a good guy. Kind of hope that administration gives him time. That that that, that administration mm-hmm. that they they don't they don't have a lot of patience. Now you didn't bad talk the coach. You didn't bad talk his program. You just kind of bad talk the administration because that's this vague Darth Vaderish sort of thing out there. And because yeah. you don't get recruited by the administration. They get to know the coach. Right. They get to know the assistant coaches. They might even meet the assistant coach's wife and kids on a visit or something. Those are people. The administration's just this Oz. Except at Ole Miss mm-hmm. where it's truly – it is Oz. <laughs> uh, and and anyway, I, I just – gotta. that's the stuff that – can be a little in a 50-50 recruiting battle it can turn it 52-48 yeah hey nobody's pulling for him harder than me yeah i love that guy he's a great guy you know i don't know if you know this but uh his assistant coach was in my wedding back when we were coaches at william and mary <laughs> it's that stuff but the administration we got a boy that yeah i'll tell you what that their their boosters their boosters are really impatient i just god i hope they give him some time because he's a great guy but they had some struggles these last couple of years, and they're running out of patience. That damn that damn booster network over there is tough. Tough. Mm. Sure hate it for him if it goes bad, because he's a great guy. Great guy. Great. Hell of a cook, too. Uh, hey, I tell you what. If, if it doesn't work out for him, I'll be the first person in line to hire him. Oh, couldn't, couldn't hire him fast enough. Salt to the earth guy. Great guy. Uh, He'd be one I'd want. I wish my daughter would bring home one of him. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Next uh, next question. 901 Reb says, people, referring to fans and media, will spin the recruiting results bad and good, and coaches will speak positively no matter what. Of course, there's a good enough result that can't be spun bad and bad enough result that can't be spun into good. True. So all of that aside, what would the Ole Miss staff, in your opinions, consider to be a class on the good side of successful? Not really looking for anything specific, just position-based, ranking-based, player-based, or all of the above. Curious what you guys feel or know the bar for success is that the staff is aiming for. Then he wishes me a happy Thanksgiving and he wishes you a plague of locust. Um, I'm kidding. He wishes you Thanksgiving too. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. No, he, he likes you. Probably likes you more than me. Who knows? Um, I don't know that they would admit this because all coaching staffs that aren't recruiting top five ranked classes like to tell you that they pay no attention to the rankings. Probably would like to have a class that's ranked around 20 at this point. That would be solid. Probably would love to land McKinley Jackson. Would love to land uh, J.J. Pegues. Would love to have some headliners that calm the fans down and, and, and build some confidence and create some momentum. Mm-hmm. That's that's Getting getting Josiah Hayes back would be a good look. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you, you quote unquote lost him. You got him back into the class. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. That that's a pretty realistic number as far as a ranking. But w- we harp on it a lot here with the Shark Tank and, and Tower Siski and the size speed ratio. I mean, I just think for for this staff and and look, this could all just be you know window dressing and you know this is their way of spinning it to where they're making us successful uh, or signing a successful class, I should say. But I think they're more concerned with with you know fits in this class they're trying to replace um you know defensive linemen they're trying to get impact dbs they're uh trying to get a tight end um it's more about 
did they meet their needs? And I think that that's what they're going to look at. Was this a successful class or not? Now, the signing day press conference, Matt Luke's going to say it's a success no matter what. That's just what coaches do. But they would be lying if they said that they weren't disappointed if they missed on a McKinley Jackson, a J.J. Pegues, and um, you know uh, a Sidney Williams or uh, you know a John Marion Latham if he were to leave out. But you know they they need those types of impact guys on defense because you, you can you can see the progress on the field this year on defense, but then you can also see the huge holes. Uh, North Tampa Rebel ask any JUCO or grad transfer quarterbacks to watch. So I haven't heard of any JUCO or grad transfer quarterbacks at all. Uh, the two names I will tell you to keep an eye on for a quarterback because I, I think it's there. There's no secret that they're going to try to get one more quarterback now that Grant Tisdale has entered the transfer portal. Transfer portal. And, uh, and Matt I think Matt, yeah, he's going to join him. Yeah, he's going to. Uh, the two names, I would say Jimmy Holiday. We, we've talked a lot about him, the Madison Central kid. Yes. Uh, very very similar skill set to uh, to John Rice Bumley. The other name that I've kind of heard as of late is uh, Gregory Spann out of uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. He's another dual threat guy. Uh, 6'4", 185. Uh, pretty impressive offer sheet. Uh, he's got... Offers from Duke, Florida State, Georgia. Got that huge offer from Liberty. And then uh, Louisville, Miami, Purdue, South Florida. Teams that run the type of offense that uh, Ole Miss is typically known to run. Not this uh, shotgun veer, but uh, uh, good player. Got a really good arm. Um, So, yeah, I would keep an eye on him. You know, I was scrambling through notes just then because I've – I had heard a quarterback name and I couldn't remember what it was, <laughs> and it's his. Thank God, because um, okay. I, I was getting ready to have to say I heard a name and it was kind of told to me sort of on background, and I can't remember it. But I, I had written it down when I was going through. I don't know that people understand this about what we do is by this point in the year, and especially for me when I'm still doing football and now I'm doing basketball and I'm trying to keep up recruiting. I've got about seven notebooks going, and sometimes I can't remember which one was which. Plus, I'm old. Mm-hmm. A lot of names floating around at this point because uh, you got to dot your I's, cross your T's. You got to have you know backup plans ready. You got to keep people warm. You got to you know have some have some back some backup plans, and you, you just got to be ready for anything. There's no guarantees in recruiting, so. Um, but yeah, I, those are the only two quarterback names I've heard. This podcast is also brought to you by the Refrigeration Company, TRC, owned and operated by Jeremy Wattler. He's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years, including five as a national service manager at TRC. They understand that great service means being responsive. Their highly trained, responsible, and dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration, but work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. Uh, TRC is building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production, facilities and facilities serving dairy food poultry and catfish processing they're based in spanish fort alabama but they're licensed in texas louisiana mississippi tennessee and south carolina as well 
The uh, refrigeration company can handle all of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection, calibration, vibration, analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Waller, 251-348-8533, or email him at jeremy at therefridgeco.com. You can also follow them on their website, therefridgeco.com. Podcast also brought to you by Elite Dental Care with offices throughout West Tennessee in Germantown, Jackson, and Trenton. Elite Dental Care has five doctors with more than 75 years of combined experience. And with their different areas of expertise, the doctors at Elite Dental Care offer convenience along with the latest in technology. Elite Dental Care is a family practice. The entire family can be seen no matter the age or severity of their problems. They focus on staying up to date on all the latest technology, including intraoral cameras, digital x-rays and impressions, 3D x-rays, and more. Elite Dental Care offers both conscious sedation and IV sedation. And uh, basically, they're just really looking to take care of you. So if you're looking for a dentist in West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, and Dr. Mike Farah at Elite Dental Care. It's EliteDentalCare.com. And uh, last but not least, we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop rebel shop now with two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland next to Fleet Feet and the new location in Flowood next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's not a problem. You can visit them online, collegecornerstore.com, plus Facebook and Instagram. So the holiday season's getting started. If you live in or around uh, Jackson, the College Corner has you covered for all your tailgate, home gate needs. Largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And if you don't live in or near Jackson and you wanted to get you some shopping done, do so. All you got to do is go to collegecornerstore.com and enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout. In the coupon tab, you'll get 15% off your entire uh, order. collegecornerstore.com uh, I think I touched on that one a minute ago. Let's see. Uh, here's one I get asked a lot. City Rebel asks, is the change in the offensive philosophy that occurred around game four from Corral to Plumley a net positive or net negative? He says, I would imagine it is attractive to running quarterbacks and running backs, but a negative to wide receivers and tight ends. As outside of Moore, I do not think there's a single wide receiver or tight end averaging more than one touch per game over the last eight. You want to? You want to try to unpack that? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see what the offense looks like next year. I'm not sure if this is just Rich Rod admitting to himself that Plumlee is very inaccurate right now and is a true freshman who really doesn't have uh, the arm to stretch the field vertically. Um, and so he's basically kind of figured, you know, hey, He's got some elite speed and quickness. We might as well utilize that. So they went all in on him. Corral is, as we said, he's he's going to be gone. I am interested. Now let's let's say that Plumlee works on his arm, works on being a quarterback. Works, you know, let's say he works with David Morris down at QB Country, and uh, he goes to the Manning Passing Academy, and he gets some some words of wisdom, and you know, his he gets bigger, faster, stronger. Arm gets a little bit better. Um, learns the nuances of being a quarterback, you know, just learning how to read defenses, blah, blah, blah. If he can throw the ball a little bit better, I think the offense is going to open up a little bit. I don't think Rich Rod is, is dumb enough to stick to this, to this, you know, 
one way of doing things on offense. I don't think he's going to just be run, 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 run if he gets better. Now, I don't know how much better he can get. Who knows? Maybe he comes out next year and has a completely different game and can really throw it. But for me, if he is not improved as a passer, I think they're going to I think I think they're going to hope that Robbie Ashford is the real deal when he arrives on campus. Agreed. I think he's got to become a better passer for this offense, for recruiting, for everything. I, I don't think I don't think they want to go they're going to be able to tell recruits now, and they're recruiting a lot of wide receivers for this 21 class. They're going to be able to tell them, hey, guys, he's young, and you know we just kind of dialed it down. We were kind of uh, protecting him a little bit. We're going to air this puppy out next year. And then they got to do it. Got to do it. It's, a, it's yeah. what makes next season so weird, man, is that you play a certain way to win the games you have to win to keep your job, but you also – got to hope that you win enough to be able to keep your job and then you got to recruit it just again it's a it's a it's a th- it's, it's a, almost i was gonna say it's almost like you have to try even if it even if it's not going to work you have to at least be like see like we tried to air it out like it, it's it's such yeah. a weird conundrum this Plumley thing, it just feels like we're going to debate it for a million years. And so I'll get, get the prerequisites out. He seems <laughs> to be a great kid. I mean, I really like him. He's impressive. Uh, he, he's almost like too good to be true. Perfect sort of kid. So I hope it works it, out. I really it's do. Such a, it's such a weird situation because, you know, us being so close to the program and, you know, you run a website where people talk about it constantly, where it's almost a negative thing that you have this talented guy who can really run the football and has really sparked an offense around a season that has been a disaster. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's most like a negative connotation, but then nationally everybody's like, man, this kid is the real deal. Like he can run, he can sing and play piano. He's a baseball player. You know, it's, it's this weird juxtaposition of like, Oh man, he's amazing! And then it's like, no, like he sucks. Like he's ruined our offense. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I look at it and go, I'm sort of in the middle, which is kind of where I catch myself on most things. It. it he's an elite runner. Mm-hmm. He's not a good runner. He's an elite runner. But Dude was running away from LSU DBs. Yeah, who are going to play in the NFL? But uh, yeah. he's I mean, not, But right now, he's not even an average passer. And so that's yeah. that's the thing. When people go, well, you know, he's okay. He's passing. I'm like, no, he's not. Not right now. He's got to get much better. He's got to get his footwork better. He's got to get his release better. He's got to get a little stronger. He's got to put more velocity on the ball. There's a lot that has to be worked on. And so when people, when, when people do, I get the people that go, he sucks. He doesn't suck. He does not suck. He's putting up massive running numbers on good teams who know that he can't throw, and he's running on them anyway. But yeah. – to be able to get over this hump and start winning games, he's got to throw it some. And he's got to throw it more effectively, and he's got to be more consistent. And he absolutely has to become a more proficient, consistent passer, or else it's not going to work against good teams, period. So mm-hmm. it's, a fi- it's a different deal. And, yeah, will he improve in his sophomore year? I think so. Now, I'm – I'm in the minority. I don't think the missing some spring training is a big deal. I really don't. I don't think it matters. I don't think playing baseball hurts him. He, he always said he wanted to play baseball. He's always played baseball. He's going to play baseball. He's going to do fine. 
kid's probably going to roll a 4-0 anyway. And I do think this summer, footwork, uh, throwing mechanics, reading defenses is critical. I'll tell you this. The only way that spring matters for him if they did it, I don't know if you saw this. There's a story about what Louisville did with Lamar Jackson. And no, I'm not comparing John Rice Plumley to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but what Louisville did after one in one of the springs where Lamar Jackson was the quarterback, they said, okay, here's the deal. He's apparently, like most really good athletes, hyper-competitive. Mm-hmm. Wants to win spring, too. And they said, so here's the deal. If you leave the pocket, we blow the whistle and the play's dead, and you're down, you're down where you are. You cannot leave the pocket. You have to stay in the pocket. You can move around in the pocket, but you have to stay in the pocket and go through your progressions and read the field. And apparently it completely changed him as a quarterback. Yeah. Imagine that. Bobby Petrino. Yeah. Good with quarterbacks. Good with quarterbacks. And so I think if you're going to get something out of spring, it's got to be something different. It's got to be, hey, I know you love to run, and we know you can run, and holy hell, you can really run. But if we're going to do this, we've got to add an element to it. Plus, I, right. plus, and I'll get off the plumbing thing in a minute. I will say this again. Him running 25 times a game is not sustainable. Someone's going to pop him. Yeah, the only person that can get away with that was like a Tim Tebow or a Cam Newton just because they were humongous. They were large, he, very large people. Yeah, and, and He's it, not big enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to take these quick because we're 45 minutes in. Um, you know of any backup options on Jackson, Thomas, and Pegues? So we've talked about Latham. Um, a couple names that I've heard, uh, Jalen Lee. Yeah. Defensive tackle out of Louisiana, decommitted from LSU. Uh, he seems to be there. Seems to be a lot of buzz about Florida with him, but uh, he is going to officially visit Ole Miss in December. I know that they're really pushing for him. Calvin McGee has been really working Louisiana, and uh, that's a name. And then the other one that I've heard is Jonathan Horton, who's also out of Louisiana, Baton Rouge. Yeah. Uh, one of those um, just started playing football type players was a basketball player, super athlete, played one year of high school football this year and has just exploded. Um, got offers from Arizona, Baylor, Tennessee, Virginia. Um, McGee is working him as well. So Calvin's really earning his stripes uh, right now. Backup option for uh, Piggies, I, I really don't know. Um, there's the, the big tight end that they offered out of, uh, Texas from, uh, North McKinney high school, uh, Brandon Frazier, he's six, seven, um, another good athlete, really long. Uh, and then as far as for Amari Thomas for defensive line, I mean, John Marion Latham is a name that we talk about a lot and I'm interested to see the Marcus Henderson recruitment. If that's going to, are they really going to kick the tires on that? Because they are recruiting him as a defensive lineman. But um, last I heard, he really liked LSU, and uh, I'm, I, I want to see if they're going to turn the heat up on him or not. Yeah, I, I think LSU's a prohibitive favorite there. Right, we got a couple questions here about what happens at Mississippi State if there's a change. Uh, does Janari Dean get back in play? I haven't heard his name in so long that I don't know, mm-hmm. but but it's it's a valid question. If if State makes a change and kids aren't happy with who steps in, 
No, Billy Napier. And uh, what'll <laughs> what'll uh, what'll happen? It's just impossible to answer that yet. It's a hypothetical. It is. The, I'll, I'll give you some names here just to give people something to to chew on over the holiday. I, the the targets that they're going after, whether or not State makes a change or not. Uh, Dylan Johnson and Emmanuel Forbes. Those are the two that they're going to go after no matter what, no matter who the coach is, no matter what's going on. They love both of them as uh, DBs. So those are the two you need to know. Yeah, I agree. Um, City Rebel has another question about why is Luke doing so poorly in in-state recruiting? Let's see how they close out on these guys, and then we'll go from there. I, I, I just mm-hmm. I, and there's no reason to go. There's no reason to pump sunshine here right now on in-state recruiting. There's also no reason to to throw battery acid at it either. It's too early. We'll see what happens. There's it's coming up. I mean, today's November the 27th, and the signing period is. I think December the seventeenth to the twentieth, something like that. So we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna find three, out. Three weeks, three weeks is an eternity in recruiting. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Uh, verbal commitments most likely to not sign with Ole Miss. There are a couple of potential academic risk, and I'm not naming names because it's not right to the kids. Who, if they determine that they can't make it, they're not going to sign them because they're not going to give a spot away. Right, and and the. The class that they're going to sign, the number that they're going to sign is going to fluctuate because you continue to see uh, people jump into the transfer portal. Scholarships are opening up. Uh, I think they would like to sign, if not a full class, really close to it. Um, I'm told they I'm told they want to sign a full class. Yeah, so... And look, I mean, the guys that they have in the class right now, they, they've they done their evaluations. They've seen them in person. They've seen them at camps. They've seen them at their high school games. They have they like their evaluations. They like what they have. So, um, like you said, we're not going to name names with grade risk, but that would be, as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned, that's the only way they would quote lose a verbal commitment is you know due to a grade a grade risk. There's again, you guys have to understand we can't do names here. It's not right to the kids, and it's violating sources. I, I, there's there's one player in the in the class that I think if he went elsewhere on his own, they wouldn't be upset. Right, and there's a couple like that. Yeah, but it's not it's not like a. You know, oh, thank God he's out of our class because we hated him. Like, no, no it's not that. Yeah, not to the point that they won't sign them. They'll they'll right. sign them if that doesn't happen. Um, any early enrollees? Yeah, there can be a lot of early enrollees. A lot of the kids who come and visit uh, in a week, in two weeks, are, Jan- are December signees who can enroll in January. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them will. And Yeah, so there, there will definitely be early enrollees. I don't know exactly how many or who precisely, but – Plenty. That's becoming more and more of a trend. Right. Um, I'd be careful here. Shreve Reb says, what has to be done to get the network involved again? Look, I'm, I'm not going to be an idiot here and talk about <laughs> recruiting at that level. The bottom line is, any program, Ole Miss or otherwise, the fan buy-in, the booster buy-in, the just morale support has to be high. If it gets to a certain level of low, it's no longer functional. And I don't think Ole Miss is there yet. I think a bad season next year, and, and they, they cross that threshold completely. And I'm not a lot to you. They're, they're flirting with it now. Mm-hmm. But 
Zach and I disagree on this. I mean, we've we have not to the point where we're going to come to fisticuffs or anything, but <laughs> Zach thinks probably, hey, you know, you could really justify change right now. And I'm in a little different camp. I think there's been so much tumult and so much turnover, and you just named an AD. You just got a chancellor, no matter what you think of those hires or don't think of those hires. The NCAA thing is each passing day further in the in the rearview mirror. I think I've said this a while. I think next year is absolutely pivotal. If they get going, I think it justifies the decision to stick with Matt Luke. If they don't, and if they're two and five after seven, and it becomes obvious that there's just no momentum, I think at that point it's a much easier transition because you would have signed another full staff, another full class, and it's an easier transition because I think the people involved, the people who would ultimately be let go, would be a little more understanding of the situation. Everyone knows in that building that next season they have to win games. Right, and for me, the the window of making a change, it, I mean, it right now I, I kind of lean a little bit more towards your thought uh, process here and waiting another year and as bad as, as people hate waiting and people are impatient and want results and want to see some some things happen now, I kind of lean your way now because I, unless you're just doing it immediately after the game this week and you've got someone ready to go, you've got a full staff ready to go, I mean, it's a lot of things have to work. And, I mean, Keith Carter was just named AD. So probably for the betterment of the program, the trajectory of the program, just for the future, it's better to just – give him plenty of time to do his due diligence and his homework. This picture of Mississippi State's jersey with the gold lettering and stuff, that's not really true for tomorrow night, is it? Oh, I haven't seen this, but nothing would surprise me. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's just not. That's so silly. Uh, let's see. They ask about... For, for their, I will say, since we brought up uniforms, for their sake, I really wish that they would end their feud with Nike so they could bring back the Walking Bulldog logo. Because I actually do like that logo. Because you know that that's like a thing. Like, Nike has that basically, like, held hostage. No, I didn't know that. Via trademark, yeah. You know the Walking Bulldog? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, they can't use it because it's Nike's. Speaking of Nike, Nike Major League Baseball authentic jerseys, which normally would cost like $230 when Majestic made them. Now Nike has the Major League Baseball contract, and the price of a, of a jersey has doubled. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, like, I used, I used my Cub fandom, I'll joke, like if, if the Cubs desperately, desperately, desperately need a playoff win or something to keep in a series, I'll always make a like a jersey joke, like, okay, who, if, if – this guy comes up, I'm like, if he hits a three-run homer right here, I will buy his jersey. I will not do that anymore. Because yeah, I've, got, I've got about eight to ten jerseys based on that, which is weird. And I realize, uh, I realize it's weird, and I'm, I'm sorry, but everybody has their own idiosyncrasies, and that's mine. Um, he's asking, exasperated Reb, is it still, are we still thinking that Tyler Siski's system is anything noteworthy? Yeah, look at the, look at the freshman class this year. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, it's newsworthy. It's noteworthy. It's good. It's it's he has a system and it's good. It's a it's a size speed ratio. They factor in some character elements and stuff. Yeah, it's a good system. Is it are they going to have enough time? I don't know. It's but it's another reason why I say firing coaches right now, silly. Let them put another class in there and at the very least they're building a foundation for somebody else. It it's it's Yes, the system works. Look at the people that they took. Everybody, nobody else thought Snoop Connor could play. He can play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's like we could go on and on. Are they ever going to be perfect? No one is. Now, do you have to at some point start landing elite prospects? Also, you do. But there, uh, I think the year that that has to happen is is next season. And if it if it becomes obvious that the season is not going to be good enough to to make that happen. Again, change change will occur. It's a score. Mm-hmm. It's a scoreboard business. We'll be watching the uh, the scoreboard. How many more receivers plan to transfer? I I don't know. I I, I don't necessarily. I I don't, I don't know. I I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't. Heard. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I would I would say definitely less than three, but I haven't heard of any other ones. Last one. Battle Chad says is almost still in on Darren Turner. I haven't heard much about him. So. Darren Turner, receiver out of Memphis, uh, Memphis Central High School, was committed to LSU, um, and then was he committed to Arkansas? Yeah, he was committed to Arkansas. He was one of the ones that, okay. that when Arkansas moved off of uh, off of Morris, he he decommitted. <laughs> one of the one of every single one of their offensive recruits that decommitted. That is brutal. Um, yeah, so. I, I haven't heard his name at all. He's a big athlete, 6'3", 195, but um, I haven't heard much about him. His rating, he dropped a little bit um, after his uh, going to some camps senior year, a little bit less than stellar. Um, haven't heard much about him, though. Yeah, I heard his name a little, but I think it's – I got to see who Arkansas hires. I mean, he's – you know, a lot of times those kids that decommit, the new coach comes in, picks up the phone, calls them, and, and they recommit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll just have to see. All right, we're going to leave it there. We're almost at the one-hour mark. That's, uh, that's a good bit of recruiting. Next week we'll start probably tape late in the week, Zach, is my guess. By then we'll have a better idea of who's coming in for official visits, and we can talk about those people individually and what those recruiting battles look like, who else is visiting elsewhere, and some of those kinds of things, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We'll leave it there. So happy Thanksgiving to you, Zach. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody who is listening. Again, safe travels. We will uh, talk to you again late next week as the uh, early signing period heats up for reals. For Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this uh, soft verbal podcast. Don't forget deadsoxy.com, promo code RG19, RG19 on their BOGO, unlimited use put both items in the in the uh, in the cart and one's free and then come back and do it again do it again and do it again until you've got all the socks and stuff that you want for you and all the people on your Christmas list until next week take care